Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Piki mai kake mai and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ with me, Alison Balance. A newly developed method of finding DNA in fingerprints could soon be taking some of the guesswork out of crime scene analysis. I'm off to a lab at ESR, the Institute of Environmental Science and Research in Auckland, to meet Alicia Haynes, who's pioneering this work. So my research area is in forensic biology and it's looking at using a dye that can bind to DNA that we can then see visually on a surface. So if you've got a finger mark, you can then spray that area with this dye solution and be able to see what DNA is present and to be able to determine whether that would give you a good result or not. So say you're at a crime scene, you walk into a room and you're wanting to find some DNA, what would normally have been done? So normally you would just sample areas that you would assume to have DNA present. If you are looking at a particular item of interest, say for instance a knife, you could sample the handle without knowing that there's actual DNA there, whereas with this technique you can spray that item with the dye and be able to see that DNA fluoresce and then be able to sample that. So it's more of a targeted approach to sampling. So where is that DNA coming from? So the DNA is there from transfer from either an individual holding the item or, say, fingerprints that are left there, and you're then able to use that dye to be able to see exactly where it is instead of just assuming where that DNA could potentially be. So instead of swabbing randomly hoping that you'll you'll pick some up, you can be very, very targeted with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the idea behind the research is that we can then become more certain of, of what we're sampling and be able to say, okay, I see this level of DNA or this amount of DNA and know that that's going to give a good DNA result. So is this a new technique that you've been helping develop? Yes, it is. So where did the idea come from? So the idea started um, during my PhD at Flinders University. And so it was just an idea floating out there from my supervisor. And then I sort of took it, ran with it, and was able to sort of develop this technique to be able to take things further. So what's the compound that you use to make the fingerprints fluoresce? So it's called diamond dye, and it's normally used for a different aspect of DNA analysis where it's used in a gel, whereas this is looking at whether it can be used on a surface. How did you go about testing that for your PhD? There was lots of different aspects that I had to go and test to see whether it had any effects on our downstream processes when we're processing DNA samples. Oh, so you had to make sure that it didn't help you see the fingerprint but muck up the DNA? Yeah, absolutely, to make sure that it wouldn't affect the profile that would get in the end. Yeah, I mean, that took 
three and a half years of my life. I tested lots of different dyes to see which one worked the best, uh, which one had the best signal when in the presence of DNA and had the least effects on, on what we would do next with that sample. So how would you use the system when you're actually in, at a crime scene? Yeah, so you can use this um, dye technology with a handheld microscope. So it's quite small for a microscope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not as high-powered as the microscopes that we have in the lab, but it's enough that we can then visualise, say, a fingerprint that's on the surface. So that microscope plugs into your computer? Yeah, so it plugs into the computer and then we can see on the screen what we're looking at underneath the microscope and be able to see that fluorescence. So you would then, say for instance, screening a knife again, you could spray that dye, get the microscope and magnify it into the areas that you want to look at and in real time you can see that on the computer screen with the fluorescence. So you can even see the best bit of the fingerprint to test. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now you've got some slides there. Have you got something you can show me? Yeah, so these slides are from volunteers that I had deposit finger marks onto a glass slide. So this is more of a, to get a reference of the amount of material that different individuals can deposit and to see whether I can see a link between the fluorescence that you see and the profile from the DNA that you get at the end. So are we quite different in the DNA profile we leave behind? Yeah, so some people can shed more DNA than others, so they can deposit more material onto a surface than other people can. Also, there are factors like environmental factors that can contribute, individual factors, so if you're quite sweaty, that can affect the amount of material that you transfer. So yeah, there's lots of aspects of DNA transfer that's involved. What does it look like? Can you show me on the computer what you see? Yeah, so on the screen you can see this picture that kind of looks like a cluster of fluorescent dots and you can kind of see some of the ridge patterning of the finger mark. Okay, now that you tell me it's a fingerprint, yes, I can definitely see the ridges. Yeah, so you can see them coming through there. So those dots that you see on the screen is actually the DNA that's present within that finger mark that is uh, fluorescing with that dye. So you can see exactly where in that finger mark there's DNA present and we can swab that area. So it's very sparkly. The image looks a bit like stars in a night sky. So there's lots of little bits of DNA there. Yeah, so you have lots of DNA coming from the finger mark that could, say for instance, if you touch your face or touch other parts of your body and then um, touch a surface, you'd have more DNA present on that surface area. Now, crime scene investigators go looking for fingerprints anyway, so they use something different to visualise the fingerprints for their purposes? Yeah, so they use reagents that purely look at the finger mark itself, nothing to do with the DNA that's present. Uh, So they could be looking at something that uses the protein within the, the fingerprint, whereas Once you've used a fingerprint reagent, you can't necessarily use it for DNA purposes. Do you get a good enough image of the fingerprint that someone could use it for fingerprint identification? That's definitely an aspect that needs to be researched further to see whether we do get enough detail, and that's actually being continued in a master's project this year uh, in conjunction with Auckland University to see whether we can get that that ridge patterning enough to be able to use it 
as a fingerprint reagent. How much DNA is there? It's still just tiny trace amounts, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So a finger mark could have anywhere between no DNA that you can detect and up to a nanogram, which is a large amount of DNA that you can get. Depending on whether you're a shedder or not. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) The microscope here, which has finally just popped into action, it's shining a blue light down on the the slide. Yeah, so it's a blue LED and that works in conjunction with the dye because the dye needs a particular coloured light to be able to excite it and be able to view that fluorescence coming from that dye with the DNA. So we've been looking at a very clear fingerprint and has lots of DNA. You've just flicked to another image. Tell me about this one. So this is from another individual at a different time uh, since washing hands and putting the finger marks on the slides and you can tell that you've got a lot less material that's present so instead of a a lovely beautiful night sky you've probably got an Auckland sky with not much stars coming through so you don't have much material that's present and that's just because individuals can deposit different amounts at, at different times. Would there be enough DNA in that fingerprint for you to do anything with? From my research, no. So that would probably only come up with a very poor DNA result, whereas the image that I showed you before, that would come up with a really good DNA result. So even if someone is a good DNA shedder, the amount of DNA that they shed in a fingerprint will vary depending on things like how recently they've washed their hands, whether they've touched their face. There's a whole lot of variables involved. Yeah, there's a lot of variables. Also, the surface type can affect the amount of material that could be transferred as well. So is this all still just at the testing it out in the lab stage? Have you taken it to a crime scene yet? No, not currently. This work is only been used in the lab so far because it's only a relatively new research area that it needs a lot more work to be able to then use it at a crime scene so making sure that the technology works in a real life setting is definitely something that needs to be looked into. Thanks Alicia. That was Alicia Haynes, a senior technician at ESR in Auckland. I'm Alison Balance and this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ first aired on the 18th of April 2019. If you'd like to listen again just head to our webpage rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. You'll find the audio as well as a written feature containing images and useful links. And there are plenty more stories in the Our Changing World archive as well. We are a free podcast in all the usual places, where you'll also find my other podcasts. The Kākāpō Files is following along with the longest Kākāpō breeding season in recorded history. The chemistry podcast Elemental celebrating 150 years of the periodic table of elements, is up to calcium. You can find both these series on the podcast page at rnz.co.nz. I'm posting all of these on the Our Changing World webpage as well. Stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company. Bye for now. Māori ora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 